there's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Musa Kwonga. Unfortunately, Ryan couldn't be here today. So we've got a Stadio and Wrighty's House crossover where Ian, Flo and I talk about Arsenal's return to the Champions League, Manchester United's defeat and Bayern, the rest of the Champions League and a bit more. It's Thursday. Arsenal don't play on Thursday, which is quite a cool thing. Uh, we'll start with Champions League roundup and look at how the English sides have done. A quick look ahead to the North London derby. I'm going to ask Flo to give us an update on the Spanish FA because that important story keeps evolving. Then I'm off to what's the Lionesses in Sunderland. And my guests are Flo Lloyd Hughes and Mr. Klopp. How are you? Very well, very Good. well. How are you? How are you? Very well, as you can well imagine. Last night was a wonderful night. You know, I just feel happy this morning. I just woke up really happy. Maybe because my team won, but, you know, I don't know. But, like, it just felt good last it's night. It's definitely because your team won. I think it's because my team won. And plus, I'm really getting on with my cats now. My <laughs> eyes are a bit puffy. But mm. I love my, I just love my two cats. And we, we've done a bit where they have to be in the room for a certain amount of time. Then we had to get their injections. And now they're able to come out of that room. But now I'm really worried about them. So I have to close certain doors because if they go in certain places, I won't be able to find them. And I'm, mm. I'm really worried. Are they indoor cats or outdoor cats? They're going to they're gonna be indoor cats. I don't want them outside with st- certain cats because they, they look too rough and I hear too much screamy cat fighty stuff at night. But the cats are good. The cats are good at getting around. They're getting, they find their way around pretty well. Yeah. They find their way around slowly, cats, yeah. cats are very street smart. So, and I feel like if you train them and bring them up right, they can handle mm. themselves out in the streets, you know, no, out no. at night. When the sun goes down. I don't know what's going down in cat world, but they're, they're, too, <laughs> they're too smart and sneaky. There's a lot going on in the, in the cat world. I don't want them out there. And they're two girls as well. I don't want oh. my girls out there, bro. <laughs> I don't want my cat girls out there. They're streetwise. They're streetwise. They'll be fine. Yeah, they street-wise, can handle yeah. themselves. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Champions League last night was really cool. It's quite exciting. It's cool when your team plays really well and no, does really no, well. No, it's not so cool for Moose and Carl's team. I know, Moose. Listen, this, this is Arsenal's This is Arsenal's day. Let's focus on Arsenal. Let's focus on Arsenal because, you know. You saw the game, I take it, ladies and gents. Yeah. PSV, I thought, were really sharp, man. They're not a million miles away. They need a couple more pieces and they will be so dangerous. I think defensively and midfield-wise in respect of trying to stop Arsenal, who last night were scintillating in that midfield they were they gave them what they wanted my one criticism of PSV before we get into first of all Arsenal's brilliant victory 4-0 over PSV the one thing I would say PSV gave them too many good looks you know that goal that Owen scores against um, Argentina in 98 yes where Shamot is waiting from the edge of the box yeah that reminded me of Bella Kotchap. You know, the halfway line when, like, Jesus breaks. Yeah. And Bella Kotchap's was completely isolated. I thought, don't give this man single coverage. <laughs> the moment you saw Gabriel Jesus's first touch, mm. you were like, this man is a problem. Like, the first big touch he took of the game, he takes one in this... He does this like a double touch. It comes down and he takes one touch, then two, brings it in field, and he was, like, locked in. It's like when we saw him at training that time, the preseason. I like, remember like he raises the level. This is the thing you, you said on Twitter, like a fully fit Gabriel Jesus is something else. Wow. This man raises Arsenal's level by like 20% in all it's areas. So, it's so, it's oh, unbelievable. So the fearlessness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is why if, if, if I'm Eddie and I'm in Eddie's shoes, I'm making sure that when I get on there, mm. whatever half chance I can get, I'm taking it. I'm going to be ruthless with it. Because if this guy's fit, he must play. 
Yes. You're right, Moose. He brings it to another place. And I, I'm not saying it as a negative towards Eddie, but I'm saying he's going to have to do something like that so as people are not so worried when Jesus isn't around. Mm. Because then we've got two different players because Jesus is an entity on his own in the way he's playing up front. The, his yeah. work rate, he's finishing everything what he does from left to right, coming inside, whether he's linking play. That is his main strength. Eddie's, for me, is taking chances. Mm taking chances. And I think that even at the start of this season so far, he could have had a couple more goals that would have just put him into that year. But when he gets his opportunity, he finishes. And I think right. he's going to have to do that because if Jesus continues to play like this, there's no conversation about it. He's so good. He's spectacular. What did you think of it, Flo? What were you seeing? I think it was so exciting because I think it was a performance that shows how good Arsenal can be when they're absolutely at their peak, when everyone is playing at a level above. I thought PS3 were really poor, to be honest, and I think it'll be really interesting heading into the, the derby at the weekend because I think this was in some ways perfect preparation, but in other ways maybe they would have wanted a, a slightly tougher game but I just think for me the finishing last night was just at another level and I think there were times last season and actually times you know always towards the end of Arsene Wenger's era where Arsenal were being criticized for being wasteful of opportunities and in this new era that's hung around a little bit more but I think Arteta's been really good at trying to make them a more clinical and a more dangerous side and maximizing their output with the opportunities they have because that's how you you know, get you know, win league titles and go far in competitions. And I think last night was a really good sign of saying, you know, when we're back now in the Champions League and in this season, we are going to punish teams at every opportunity in a different way. I know you say they, they were poor. I just thought they couldn't deal with the pace the intensity of Arsenal, because did you see a few times when they broke on us? There were moments where you could see what, you what, could see you know, what, what they, they did got, well. But I thought I we just think... negated them. I thought we just like, we were too much for them. And obviously they've got players of with ability. But I thought that the way we, because Dest down that left-hand side, especially, yeah. he was he was cooking Ben. Holy terror. Was, he was honestly, he moved him, got past him with pace. We done well to double up and make sure that we could deal with that. But did you see how many times they got in yeah, on yeah, the left yeah, side? Now, I'm not yeah. saying that's a weakness of Arsenal. I'm just thinking that creatively from the PSV point of view, they broke through really quickly. And I, I, I have to, I'm not just being honestly. I thought that we, we dealt with what they had and we were too much for them. They tried to play too much football. This is, I know. I'm, Maybe that's I'm what very it is. Yeah. They played an honest, earnest game. Right, they came. You know, like when something they didn't come to frustrate or do something. They right. come to try and you know, do something. When Bournemouth used to get cooked by Man City, because Bournemouth, like Eddie Howe, would actually go at Man City and actually give them a game. And Pep always respect. I mean, they always cooked them, but still. And I think PSV did the same thing. They, they're a team that have a philosophy. Play a certain style. It's a bit like Leeds were. Leeds would get absolutely blown away by certain teams because it was their punishment for actually coming out and playing something. But the thing is, the mentality has to be: let's just keep playing our style because we'll win more games than not. You'll very rarely look. Arsenal the other day were absolutely locked in. They were locked in, and you'll very rarely meet even an Arsenal team that will come at you like that. What three goals in the first forty minutes, and the finishing was exceptional. The goals were outstanding. You know, on a different day, PSV get something earlier. They frustrate people. Key players aren't combining as well. It's just this was just a kind of. It's very easy when you're a team that loses like PSV did last night to take the wrong conclusions from mm. a result, and the wrong conclusion might be oh, let's not play our football. I think maybe screen slightly better, but fundamentally don't change your approach because the way Arsenal were, I mean, this that is how a Champions League contender defeats a team at home. Yeah, That's how it looks. That's what you, you should do, right? And that's, so many teams do struggle to do that. But I think in those home games, you have to just stamp your authority and get those big wins where you can. But the, the finishing the last few weeks from Arsenal has just been another level. Trossard's goal against Everton, right in the corner. Mm. Two of the goals last night, again, right in the bottom corner. Mm. It's just... And even the efforts, the efforts that the Jesus effort yeah. that got tipped around the post. Beautiful. The step over, he shifted it to his right foot. Oh my God. I think, Moose, I think, um, like what now, that's probably six, six games in now, all mm. told, with um, Premier League and Champions League, six, seven games in, whatever it is. But, I think that's the that's the first time I've seen the Arsenal that Mikel probably wants to see challenge for the rest of the season. It's starting to to look 
um, really in sync. And I think it's coming at a perfect time because obviously with Spurs coming next game, the confidence going into that game off of the back of what they've done there and the way they're starting games at home now, which was a little bit of a worry for me with Arsenal, the way they started games. They started games very, like, it's slowly. You know, mm. we saw a Brentford and we saw Bournemouth before really causing problems in the early parts of games, what I've seen. Just those two, just, to, just as a quick um, reminder. But the fact is, they're starting so quickly. Starting quickly without Martinelli. I know. Because normally he's the fire starter, right? But this yes. time it was Saka. Yeah. Saka was, but like Erdogan looked really, really busy and really up wow. for it last night. You know, even when when we scored, he's walking back to the halfway line and he's doing those arms where he's rousing the players saying, come on, let's mm. go. It's just like when I spoke to Mikel when we went there just at the end of last season, it's funny because it was before the Tottenham game when I went there and he was talking about preparations and stuff, what he's looking for for next season and what he wants from the mentality of the team. And it's about the winning. It's all the winning. And this is why I think the the David Rea and, and, and Ramsdale conversation is going to go on mm. because Mikel is doing whatever he can to make sure that we win. Mm. So if it means he's got to bring in a goalkeeper, another goalkeeper, of um, two number one goalkeepers, because he thinks that's the best thing to do, because like I mentioned before, the marginal gains when you're trying to win this league are so minute. And he will do whatever it takes. It's interesting since we chatted on Tuesday about that, the consensus seems to have shifted a little bit more to that Raya is now going to be the number one and Ramsdale's going to struggle to get back. I don't like the discourse about um, all of a sudden, oh, Ramsdale, oh, like he's done anything wrong. I don't think it's that he's done anything wrong. I think it's just the reality of being that good a goalkeeper and expecting someone to play. It opens up those conversations around. It does open up the conversations, but whatever happens, especially if Raya does start, and it's like I said before, this is going to be the, the conversation throughout the season in a way of putting the mm. kind of pressure and and constant pressure on Mikel about is your goalkeeper going to be? Is Ramsdale going to be? Is Ramsdale going to? Then we're going to get the is Ramsdale going to leave? And then mm. they're going to start looking at how Ramsdale deals with it. These are the things that are going to obviously that Mikel is going to have to deal with because mm. this is the decision he's made. How are you not going to feel for Aaron Ramsdale? He it's looks the most like, he looked like our next, thing he's ever yeah. done. This is the most Pep Guardiola thing Arteta's ever yeah. done. Because like Ramsdale... That's, that's the one. And the way he's been progressing, people are saying that's Arsenal's goalkeeper for the next 10 years. Right. And we're a couple of years in and he's already got the challenge. So this is why I'm saying it feels so brutal and ruthless. But then you look at the manager who's, who's putting it into action, just like Pep put it into action with Joe Hart, like you mentioned, Moose. It's something that I can't wait to see how it plays out because it's 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 not something that I've seen too regularly that someone just brings in a goalkeeper like that and be and as ruthless as that in respects of the way he's he's moved one on and put one in and boom. I gotta say with the North London Derby, as when North London Derby is the next game, I always have a different feeling because it's just so nerve-wracking simply because it's the best derby. It's the best mm. derby in Premier League history for me. No matter what Spurs are doing or what we're doing, there seems to be an interest for it. It's always unpredictable. I think that's what we said on Tuesday is you still don't know what's going to happen. One of the teams can go into it with the best form ever and then lose 3-0. It just, everything just changes. It's taken on another little level this season because of how good Spurs have played. And that's just, now it's going to be hysteria, really. You know, I'm really looking forward, because it's at our place, we're playing well, Spurs can come and if they play like they've been playing, obviously it's going to be a brilliant game. They're going to cause problems, right? Mm -hmm. And if they can win in our place, this is what I'll be thinking about if I was playing now, because this is how I feel. If they come there and beat us after we've just done what we've done in the Champions League and they beat us, that kind of gives them something. That kind yes. of gives them something. And it, for me, there's so much more riding on it for us to make sure that we do not lose that game. Yes. Again, we, we you can't do not give lose them a taste. No, them a taste. no. We've got this to let them know that yeah. we are further on in the project. Angie's doing amazing. But this is where the little brother is actually feeling, I think I could take him. Arsenal's record, though, at the Emirates, Ian, in, this, in this fixture, I think they ha they've only lost two of the 30 North London derbies at home that they've played. 
that's an unbelievable record. So it's a pretty powerful, a, a, a powerful home advantage. Beautifully with the way they're playing moves. It's beautiful the way this game's set up. Listen, Andrew's in the lines then. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very intrigued by this because... Yeah, but man, he's written his Celtic Rangers. But they're playing uh, on the front anyone, foot though. Yeah, this is the yeah. thing. They're going to, both teams will play like they'll be proactive. Yeah. That's the really exciting thing. This is actually a, a game where I can imagine people going toe-to-toe. I can't imagine Spurs sitting and absorbing just the way they've been playing. It's almost like... It's not how yeah, they play. It's, it's not exactly. his philosophy. They that's have the to thing, go. It? It's 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 mm. kill or be killed. And that's, that's what... what yes. And also oh. the mentality they've got this season is the mentality that Arteta's been crafting with Arsenal, which is right to the final whistle. Right they to the whistle, push. man. And Tottenham haven't been like that in a, in, in a long time, not since it feels like those Harry Redknapp Champions League days where they were still in games clawing onto something. But the way that they play, it, there are no, there's no such thing as a setback. They believe right into the depths of stoppage time they're still going to get a result. And that is amazing as well. Can I just uh, name one player who I believe is born? Who, who am I going to say, Moose? He's born... <laughs> Yes, Richardson holds Richarlison. the key to this fucking Activated. game. Activated. Activate Richardson. Activate Richardson. Right? Because Moose, I'm not joking. It's the kind of thing, especially when I used to go to White Hart Lane and go. I knew I was the pantomime villain, and I played to that. Yes, it can. It literally, it can really, it can take Arsenal fans to a place of pure. <laughs> frustration and fear. Honestly, there's yes. some great matchups. Great <laughs> matchups. I think Madison's yes. gonna have to be dealt with. Rice in that in that area. I think Erdogan with Basuma and Sa, all that sort of stuff. I sent Jesus and Romero. And honestly, it's Saka and Adogi. There's it's so well. Um, it's so well balanced. balanced. Yes, like that. Richarlison. Yeah. Richarlison's the spice. Yes. I hope you know, he starts. Yes. I hope he starts. <laughs> me too. Me too. I really I do. Want to, I want, the best thing about derbies is when everyone's available mm. and there's no excuses for either team. And they're playing the well. Possible. Yes, yes. You don't realise, I don't think you realise the relief you get when you left Highbury or leaving White Hart Lane with a win, right? What it does for you. It's almost like a release of pressure and the fact that you've done it in their place. This is why I was so nervous when they came because I... I hated when they, they they beat us once um, at our place. And I just remember that's, it was so horrible. Even though we were playing the cup final the next week, yeah, it's still, the Tottenham fans were really happy about that. And I was like, but we're doing better than you. And we're in the final next week. How can you not be feeling like this? But like, it's not nice. It's not nice when you're beaten in the North London derby. Especially the energy Spurs are moving with now, where you look at like both clubs fully have their identity fully embraced it like you look at Arsenal now and Arsenal are like they're absolutely where they should be in terms of the philosophy the style the Premier League start they've got has maybe been slightly understated because City have just started you know with these five straight wins mm. Arsenal is so much in the mix Spurs know exactly who are how they're playing and you could see and I said this on Stadio like when they celebrated that goal Richarlison's goal and assist they were so excited because like he was the final piece yes and they're like if that guy's moving we're going clear. M- like, Musa. That was the budget. Oh, that was the Brazil yeah. Richarlison. Yes. You know what they've you know what they've realized there? What they've all realized, and you could see the way Son was pushing towards the fans in that flow, which was beautiful to say, this is the guy. He's yes. letting them know this is the guy. And you could see that the players, when you know you've got a player, you do everything you can to nurture and make him feel love. Because I think that that's the kind of thing that Richarlison needs. And especially with him talking about all the stuff that's going on with him, his personal life and everything that's going on mentally. And that. The, the way that Tottenham have come around him, yeah. him coming on, scoring that goal, getting that love, man, all Richarlison has to do now to get legendary status at Tottenham is score a goal or even a winning goal. That's it. Mm-hmm. Richarlison yeah. would be safe for, for life in the eyes of Tottenham fans. And you know yeah. what? Of course, I wouldn't want that to happen. But for him, I'd like some form of, because of the way he is and the way he plays, I don't think he changes how he is. You have to embrace him and love him as, as, um, that's as, when as he, yours. As that's a, when your, he plays at his best. Yeah, exactly. That's not how he excelled he's, at Everton. It's like myself. When you've got the fans that love you, it doesn't matter what the rest of them say to you or what, you'll always be protected by the fans. And I think that once Richarlison gets that connection properly with the Tottenham fans, we're going to see dynamite from this guy the demon he's a sleeping demon right now i'm thinking that's exactly what he is moose well said 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Moose, just quickly, obviously I want to hear your your thoughts on on United and how it's moving and what you think. But what did you see last night in the Champions League? You said, yeah, man. Because I think that it was a great start to the Champions League for some reason. Obviously my team won, but it just felt good with some of those results. You know, it's funny. You look at the, so obviously you look at Bayern Munich being Manchester United 4-3. That was a strange game because you look at the scoreline and you think, oh, this was a thriller, but it really wasn't. Um, and Bayern, weirdly enough, didn't start that well. I thought United started really well in the early stages. They absorbed the pressure well and broke well, had some nice early openings. I thought Rashford was impressive and Hoyland, I think, was maybe the standout for me just because of the way he has embraced the huge price tag, the responsibility, the way he looks for spaces, the way he's really aggressive. He forces the initiative. Yeah, he really, and I I love that. I love that for him because, you know, he was a big money signing, so is Onana, and there couldn't be a greater contrast in terms of, Onana, I think, is actually taking too much responsibility. So uh, what I mean by that is, you know, he made a bad error in his first game. He made a bad error last night. Mm. Came out afterwards and gave this interview. He's like, you know, that goal was my responsibility. Yeah, fine. It's my responsibility the team lost. No, it's not. Like the team lost 4-3. They conceded two goals in five minutes. The second wasn't your fault. And yes, you made a howler. But here's the thing. There was a lot of football to play after that. And the worry I have with Onana and that attitude is you're doing too much. You're saying too much, actually. Mm. Don't make yourself into a meme. Protect yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You don't but need to. You don't necessarily be the scapegoat. It's different between saying you made a mistake and suddenly having to be the spokesperson for a problem that's not solely yours. Flo, especially in, a, in such a bad true. season it's for United. very bad idea. The danger I have for Anana, and the reason I want to talk about this just very quickly is he has to be very careful, right? Because this is the worst possible season in recent memory to be a scapegoat for United. There is so much energy floating around that's negative online and offline about the failed takeover, the Glazers, the Greenwood stuff, the Giggs case, all of that stuff around United even the Cristiano Ronaldo transfer didn't work out. Jadon Sancho, there's all this rage and frustration waiting for a lightning rod. And Onana mm. is right there going, yes. oh, blame oh, me. God, blame I said, me. That, that is, that is, okay, yeah. I don't want to, that's naive. Mm-hmm. And I worry for him and he needs to get people to go, look, just take he a step He needed somebody back. to actually just make him, just to, to ease him stop, out of that yep, Stop this, like, take it, look, goalkeepers make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And actually, look, you had it with a Victor Valdez. Victor Valdez would make mistakes for um, Barcelona under Pep. But Pep loved it because he was, vital to his style and actually mm. talk about leadership and ten hag actually shouldn't have let him go in front of the cameras i mm. think but just on the on-field stuff i think mm. united look like they started well again though they did they, they started very well there's a psychological thing where they were almost Absolutely. playing the team they were playing the idea of Bayern, not the actual Bayern, because Bayern weren't particularly good mm. i thought mm. you know he came out and praised leroy sané but leroy sané only walked into spaces that were given to him yeah uh ten, ten hag, ten hag yeah. so actually I don't know. I wasn't convinced by Bayern and I wasn't, I hope they don't look at this result and go, okay, well, there's not a lot to fix because I think there is for them as well. I mean, so I think that Man United have, a, because when you watch them against Brighton as well, they started, they start well. Mm. There seems to be a problem with the continuation of the start, stopping the opposing team from hurting you so frequently. It's fear. It, it, it is because they it's seem fear. to get to a certain place and they're like, oh, I can't jump off of here. They're like a bird. It's like a bird with mm. vertigo, right? You're yeah. at 30,000 feet and you're cruising and you suddenly look down. You're like, oh my God, the ocean. I haven't seen ground for like two days. You're like, you're Manchester United. You're meant to be ascendant. That's the point. Mm. And I think there is, if you look at the team now, there's such a mix of personalities. There are, there are players who have had a rough run of things in recent years. Psychologically, they're in a difficult place, mm. right? We know they've won like a cup in there. We know they've had a good high league finish, but this isn't a team where you look at it and go, we're going to win a league title within the next five years. No. They're adrift. And I think the players, you know, people are like, you know, playing for a big club, you can't handle it. Well, it's one thing playing for a big club, right? But playing for a dysfunctional big club Mm. is absolutely miserable. And United are in every capacity in disarray at this point. Do you know what I mean? And I think you, you you look as well at how they actually clawed themselves back into the game. And... Mm. 
I did not expect them. I did not expect the game to end 4-3 when I saw the scoreline and saw their performance mm. in the game. I thought, actually, at full time, I think a lot of other managers in the, in the place that United are in would try and spin the positivities out of that whole situation a little bit more. I mean, mm. that's only what I would do, which is we actually, after sort of collapsing entirely against a team with the best record in the group stage of the Champions League, I think, in the in the competition's history or something. It's ridiculous that they haven't lost a game at home in the group stages in a very long time. So the fact that they pulled themselves back into the game hmm. and it finishes 4-3, I would have spun that. I would have gone full Alistair Campbell yeah. spin doctor on that bad boy and say, oh, look, these are the positivities. I'm impressed that my team are fighting, etc." Ten Hag did about, you know, three words about that and said... You know, he was pleased how um, you know they they almost bounced back from the Anana's mistake and and you know and kept themselves in the game. But actually, I think when you're in that position, you have to find any net positive. And I think they you're are right, so actually. they are so chaotic and such a mess. It's like it feels like activity. Yeah, it feels like he it, can't yeah. do that because he's worried it seems too positive and they're paving over the cracks when actually I think there's something to kind of hold on to, but they've become a laughing stock. It's like as soon as they go 2-0 down, Twitter is just like, oh, yeah, look at United. Yeah. What's Rio going to be saying on TAT, et cetera, et cetera. Like anyone else would be able to spin that because mm. of the mess there. You can't spin it. You're, you're in a dead end. Looking at Ten Hag and where we are um, with a team that you have to say is probably it's predominantly his team now. And I can't see how how long is it going to take them, Moose, because you, you can see that they've definitely got the, the the ability and the talent there. They look they look leggy for me. So I'm, at this stage of the season, it looks a little bit like tired. You know why though? It's because they don't have players. The primary players, you have like the primary creators. I don't people sound being harsh and but it's match control. You look at like Arsenal, right? Let me say it in a let me say it more kindly. The Arsenal midfield, Odegaard, Havertz and Rice. Mm. And Havertz is still, I think actually showed some very positive signs in the second half, particularly leading up to the final goal. I thought he retained the ball very well for that and made good choices. I think ball retention, match control, taking the heat out of the game. Ar uh, you know, Arsenal have that. United don't have that. City have that thing where you just take the heat out of the game. Mm. Stones, Rodri, you can like rest in possession. United don't have that thing where you're looking at the team and going, okay, they're just going to keep the ball for five minutes and just... Soak it up, yeah, and, soak build it up and United don't have that thing to change the gear. And the reason you're looking leggy is because there is a chaos there. If you know you're not a team, they're going to take the heat out of a match and control possession for extended periods. That is the stress. Those are the marginal gains. Like if United have a controller on the pitch and not just an Ericsson, because Ericsson, it's not fair to criticize him because of his journey, his age, or the rest of it. It really is about a kind of, <laughs> this sounds ridiculous given the amount of money United have spent. But they still need some kind of a of a makeover, actually. They need to, and this is a terrible thing to say, they spent so much money, my goodness, but it's still about, this isn't a team where you look around and go, okay, that area of the pitch is calm. But where do you look at the actual pitch? You look at like Arsenal, you look at City, you look at Spurs, you're like, okay, that area of the pitch. Calm, yeah. I know, yeah, right. And I feel, I, oh, I can go over there and I can listen to like rock and roll. I can go there, I can <laughs> listen to piano music for five minutes. <laughs> and you, you look at United and you can see many things, but there's no piano music in that team at the moment. Wow. Something else I want to ask you guys on the Champions League actually mm -hmm. is we had some very nice anthem moments. Mm -hmm. Jacob Murphy, and his little smirk and chuckle mm -hmm. for Newcastle before their game. Mm -hmm. And then Hoyland as well. Yes, last night against Munich had mm. a nice little moment where he was kind of like mm. taking it all in. Yeah, I just yeah. feel like um, I know for Arsenal fans, the return of the Champions League has had this sort of aura and a lot of people have been making funny videos and TikToks about it, like the music and coming mm. back and stuff. But I thought it was really nice over the past two days to see that almost childlike interaction from these, you know, big guys before a game where they're like, oh, I'm living out my dream. I'm listening to the Champions League anthem. I'm just going to have a little chuckle and a little moment to myself. Mm. It was so, it was so great. The thing with the Champions League music in the moment is like, obviously, when you, when you get to play for your country and you get the national anthem, this is like, Mm. For players, you know, what you're trying to achieve. This is like the national anthem for a player. 
I would love to be able to to stand there and listen to that Champions League music. That makes you realise you're at a level of so grand. There's something yes, about the bro. It is such a special, you know. I don't know. It's like the first time you ever like long distance train journeys, right? You know, like when you find you know, you're traveling like off peak and you find like a long distance train. You know what? I'm just gonna try and. It's 20 quid extra, but mm. I'll, I'll just get the first class just for once, just to see it. <laughs> and you're like, oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> what have I been, you know? And I think the Champions League is the sense of occasion. I was talking to a friend of mine who's not really a big football fan at all. And she said to me, most of the thing is that makes me get football. It's actually the Champions League. Wow. The sense of occasion, just watching it from completely from the outside, like as someone who's almost like anthropology, like someone, you know, what is this football thing about? And you see it, like the concept of an anthem, it's the midweek, everyone's standing there looking all grand and you've got the mascots, like a couple of mascots, they were jumping up and down as if they were about to play. That's how interesting it was. Really cool. You know what yeah. was really cool about it last yeah. night, Flo, is that there was the bit where, you know, when all the kids come on that center circle bit yeah. and it was on the floor and then the music starts and then they start shaking it and then everybody in the ground, because once they see it shaking, it's like, yes, oh, yes. we're it's back. back. We're it's back. So, it, I felt that last night. It was yeah. really lovely. It really was. I loved it. No disrespect to Jacob Murphy, but I saw that man play a number of years in the championship. And I think it's probably fair to say he didn't think when that Newcastle takeover went through, he probably thought, I'm I don't. I'm probably not going to be around that much longer with the players mm. they're going to buy, and I'm probably not going to see the Champions League. So for me, it was even more special for someone who has really climbed up the leagues yes. in England to be like standing in the San Siro, listening to it. Yeah, those are the moments with the players that they will speak about because it's a it's a realization as well. Like you mentioned there, Flo. He probably when you probably were watching him. You know, of course, he's got his ambitions and he's got his, his 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 determination to try and get to the top. But the way he's got there and his way he's ended up getting to the Champions League and that music for the realization while he's standing there listening to it must have been a real beautiful moment for him. And one of those moments that when he stops playing, he says, "Yeah, I experienced that. I didn't experience that." Mm. I mean, it's an experience that you know, what I mean, through the work and something that people don't realize and understand enough about with the players is that they do have moments where this, yeah. This is what I'm working for. It's like when you start, it's like when rock stars start playing stadiums. You know, it's one thing playing, you play to 8,000, then you're like 25,000, but then it's still, there's still a cove, there's still a roof. Mm. And then the elite rock stars, they start playing under the night sky. Mm-hmm. And you look up on stage, there's 60,000 people and you can see actual stars. There's nothing mm. in you in the heavens. That is, for me, that's a champion. For me, that's a champion. Again, it's different. Like, there's a different swagger that, um, I mentioned this Harry Styles gig I went to with my friend's family this summer. And there's something about the swagger of a rock star on the biggest stage. Mm-hmm. And you talk about some footballers, you know, their footballers, like, for example, like look at Hoyland at Manchester United, who take that biggest stage, right? They welcome it. And their, their performance, actually, it goes up a level. Yes. It's not like Erling Haaland and like his goal-scoring record in Champions League matches. It's because there's something about the taste of those evenings that just, yes. if you know what I mean, it's different. It's, it's like, different. Pet, you know, they hate to get all pet, but you cannot replace it. You cannot replace it. You listen, you cannot replace, replace it. it. Yeah, well, they'll, they'll, they'll try. I'm sure they'll I'll, try. We will be there. Listen, whenever Champions League on, we will be there. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking at the um, all the Spanish Federation stuff, what's going on with it now, Flo? Things seem to be moving pretty quickly. Yeah, it's constantly changing. So I'll try and give the most up-to-date summary I can, but it, it it will probably change really quickly. So lots of people would have seen, obviously, what happened in the World Cup with the now former president, Luis Rubiales. Ever since then, there's been kind of lots of disarray, protests, uh, people resigning, people refusing to step down, investigations, even criminal cases going on around the uh, harassment that mm-hmm. uh, Rubiales uh, kind of put on Jenny Humoso in that final and the kiss that obviously lots of people saw and and everything that happened afterwards. So this has still been playing on since the final. 
there is a women's football international window right now before the WSL comes back. Most of the other domestic European leagues are all returned. And we kind of spoke about that last week, but that's a separate thing. So international window right now is the start of the Women's Nations League for the first time, which is really exciting. But off the back and kind of surrounding all of this, while teams are trying to qualify for the Olympic Games, that's what the Nations League is going to determine. The Spanish players refuse to come back because it was um, Jorge Vilda's assistant um, who took over the coaching duties after he uh, stepped aside. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the players believed that, you know, her stepping up and taking on the head coaching role hadn't really changed anything. They also believed that in the leadership within the RFEF, the Spanish Federation, there hadn't been enough changes as well. So they didn't want to be called up for this window. The RFEF said, you have to, it's your duty mm. as players, but they were called up days before they were expected to appear at camp, which is obviously, as we know, pretty rare. You normally announce like a week or more before you're expected to be at camp. So all these players were pretty shocked. Pretty much all of them did appear at the team training camp. There's videos of them looking pretty miserable and pissed off as you would be because they've sort of feel like they've been dragged there. Otherwise yeah. they're going to be fined or there's going to be some kind of um, penalty for not appearing. So then that rumbled on. This is kind of like end of last week, start of this week. A lot of players really unhappy. Uh, two players left the camp, which is Patry and Mappy Leon. A lot mm -hmm. of people remember that those two players didn't play in the World Cup yep. and they were one of the original 15 players last year who protested. So Was this the first one they went back to? I'd love to have been in that room. This was the first one that they went back to, but very briefly. They sort of appeared because they felt like they had to, and then they quickly left and they said, you know, we don't want to be a part of this, essentially. Wow. So they left, um, but the rest of the team that have been called up have remained. And Jesus. as of yesterday morning, the Spanish players have uh, called off their boycott and have said to have reached some kind of resolution around taking part in these fixtures. Um Still unsure, like what that means for the the long term. Also, the um, general secretary of the RFEF has been sacked um, and has apologised for what happened over the World Cup. So it's just been kind of like non-stop turmoil and chaos. And, and then, are we any further in respect of the Spanish players being happier? Because I'm not reading anything where I'm seeing anything positive. Like see, Mappy Leon and Patrick leaving again says to me, well, things need to happen. When are the rest of the team going to, like, say, no, we're going to come out with solidarity to you. You lot sort that out, we'll come back. They're world well, champions. The new coach, Monse Tome, who it was Vilda's assistant and is one of the reasons I think a lot of the players aren't very happy because they feel like she's part of the of establishment. It's unclear about her future. There were some reports that she was going to step aside, but I, I haven't seen anything that's confirmed that. Uh, but I think that's definitely what they are pushing for. But there were some hints that after this, they'll just get these set of games done. And then for the next window, which is at the end of October, they'll look to get someone else in. But that's still unclear. So I really don't know. I mean, obviously there were players who went and participated in the World Cup regardless. And, mm. you know, they will probably look at the Nations League and say, okay, do we just need to get this done again and feel like there's been enough of a sort of start of changes to feel like, you know, there could be some progress. I think there's also, you know, the RFEF and the Players Union have said that they're going to look at sort of like some new policies, pay, infrastructures, which were some of the sort of like wider demands as obviously everything else that happened with Jenny Hermoso at the final and the aftermath. So yeah, it kind of just goes on and on and on and then sort of Ironically, at the same time, yesterday, the RFEF announced that they were going to create a new single brand for Spanish football, which would no longer talk about Spanish women's football and Spanish men's football. It would just be called the Spanish national team, which is kind of the least of their worries right now as a mm. rebrand. But of mm. course, these things always end up happening at the same time because I think it's a very good way to sort of look like you really care about these things. But mm. yeah, I think probably by the time we chat about this um, and I'm sure we're going to chat about it on counter press when we come back next week. Um, I'm sure there'll be a new update, but it's just, it's all changing so fast. The players, it's... when you look at the clips and images, they all look so exhausted and drained mm. as you would, if you've been going through all of this and um, yeah, just, I just feel for them all. They've won a world cup. Like no team should experience this, but it's almost like 
the worst thing about this, this feels like revenge. Mm. Like if a builder's assistant is in charge, right? <laughs> then it's like, he could just be still pulling the strings. And Absolutely. it's a way, it's almost worse because he is now, he's pulling strings from a distance, right? So he's got like a human shield there, yeah. right? So you can be like, oh, and dragging them out in front of the world going, oh, if you don't turn up, you're going to have sanctions. It's like, it's so emotionally abusive. Mm. And the thing that makes me really angry about this too is you look at like the men playing in Spain, particularly the national team, Danny Carvajal coming out and saying, oh, it's not for me to judge or categorize anyone. It's not for me to clean up or not clean up at the Federation. Mm. Rubiales' treatment to me was always excellent Jeez. as a player in terms of how he helped us at tournaments with our families. It's been exceptional. Like that is That's the amount perfect. of power. Yeah. Ian, do you know what's so frustrating? And this is, I, I'm not saying this to like praise you, whatever. Like, it's like there's always the same handful of people speaking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. You think of all the footballers, both present and past, men's footballers, both past and present, who could literally come out and say something and change the conversation overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Who could come out and, and they're refusing to at this point because they're seeing it and they just don't care. And that is so frustrating because I really think at this point, Flo, it's beyond the power of those women. Those women are like doing so much protesting, yeah. but they don't have the leverage. No. And, and I mentioned even, even players like Leo Messi, like we adore watching Messi, but like if you think of what an Instagram post does God. or what a... Or someone just quietly going, actually, I'm not working with that sponsor because they work with the RFEF and I'm not working with them until X happens or X changes. Even behind the scenes, they're not doing it. You know why, Moussa? It's very simple. When you think of the, the, the power that someone like, you know, yeah, Messi. Messi's a good example. One Instagram post could do to, to galvanize, but people, they, they don't care. They genuinely don't care enough because if you did, you'd realize that there's so much wrong going on and has gone on at the Spanish Federation. Mm. And they're still, they're kind of still in charge of what they're doing with a couple of token kind of like gestures, like, okay, they sat Rubiales, Vilda's gone, and then they bring in his assistant. And the, everything around the system of the Spanish ladies team is exactly the same. You know, how can you have Patri and, and Mappy Leon come and go straight away? This is why I said, I'd love to have been in, there when when those girls walked into that room and looked at and, and and say to them like we're out and we're out for the reasons what everybody in the world is now seeing right. why aren't the spanish women just say, listen they've just won the, the world cup they've been unbelievable generation of footballers from under 15 16 all the way up winning world cups euros why don't they just say right we're not playing now until it's all sorted out Bam, we're not playing. We're going to come out in solidarity. We've proven how good we are, even with that kind of um, management, under that kind of duress. You lot sort your stuff out. We're not playing. We're not going to play. I think there is still that fear and that instability that exists in women's football where they did that before this window as a yes. collective, which is the first time as many of them have ever come together as a collective because they had the 15, then they had the majority that they returned, then they had the standalone ones who m missed the biggest moment of that team's career in order to protest, right? Mappy Leon, so, Guerrero and, and, and Pina. Patri and, and, and I think, you know, after the World Cup, they came together as a collective uh, and said we are not playing but then they were hit with the the threat from the RFEF that you know it's your duty you'll get penalized there'll be there's always jeopardy to pro there's always massive jeopardy and risk to protest but they've won the world cup if anybody is in a great position to say I don't care I've, I've reached the pinnacle now under duress from you lot I'm but, but it's, di I'm but it's different. Like but it's so different in the women's game, Ian, because yes, for a lot yes. of these players, maybe not so much, you know, some of the Barca players who are you're probably on on good contracts. But mm. for some of the other players, the biggest money they get might be coming from their national team's central contract, and yes. they can't necessarily risk never playing for Spain yep. again because that's okay. significant point. bit of income. Yeah. And I think and that's why it's different. Yep. There, there is just a, there's the security and the stability just doesn't exist in the women's game, which is why women are always suffering in these cases. But well, FIFA needs to do more in that respect. And it's why people like Megan Rapino and Alex Morgan have always kind of been leaders of the pack and why it requires people like Alexi Pateas, who I mm. think I would say has been too silent on these times, who are who do have the security, who do have the stability because they've got big endorsements, they've got bigger mm. contracts, they've got bigger profile to take the risks. And I think mm. we've seen certain people step up in these scenarios around the world, um, maybe even without that security, and certain players shy away because maybe they're not up for the fight. It's and that's, shame. I think, the issue we've seen with Spain. Well, that's a shame because it's wrong. 
Yeah. And, and it's, 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 but it's enraging. But sorry to mm. be, I know I keep harping on this side of it, but like there are literally, look at all the time when women go and do those freestyle football tournaments and like mm. people turn up and share their stuff and all these men appear in the photos with them and the videos mm. and they're, where are they? Yeah. Where are like all those like Ronaldinho, Roberto Carlos yeah, and these where people? Are where are, no, literally not being funny, but all they have to do is it's an Instagram post or whatever. It's turning but Musa, up. Musa, we know we know where these players are and what they're doing on Instagram because we've seen it on other issues in the last yeah. few weeks. We know where they yeah. stand. We don't even need to. We I'm know sorry. where do these you know guys stand. Do you know this? You know this? You know it, Flo. It, I just it's actually so upsetting because. These players, these should be the best months of their lives. Easily. You look at look, when, when when Messi went back to Argentina with the World Cup, people were climbing over vehicles to like see him, to get a glimpse of him. They were hanging out of buses, everything. People hanging off bridges. That is what you should be. It's a victory lap. This moment, after winning the World Cup, the next mm. six months should just be such a high. Mertesacker yeah. came back to Arsenal going, actually, yeah, my head was gone until autumn because I was still <laughs> in the World Cup high. And we laughed. <laughs> we laughed and we forgave it because it was relatable. Yeah. Like, Spain's the women's team now. What's so frustrating is they have stolen that joy they can never get back. This generation of Barcelona players and Spain players, it's like they are historically, they're mind blowing. Like when I've had time to watch the Barcelona women's teams and really sit mm. down and soak it up, the football that that league yeah. has produced, led by the Barcelona team, but also like all the way down to Atleti at one point, who are in seventh place, still running things. Like that whole league is a you know, like the Hungarian men's league with like Pushkas and that lot. And they were just like yeah. mind blowing that whole generation. This Spain generation will look back 50 years and be like, they took women's football to a level they haven't seen. Mm -hmm. And they're being punished for it. Yeah. You're yeah. totally right. It takes the complete collective action. And you're right on that, Ian, is that mm. like, if, you know, if some of those players, and that's why, you know, Mappy Leon and Patri obviously feel like, well, we play for Barcelona. Mm. We're, you know, probably earning decent money and we feel like, you know, this is more important to us and we don't, we have that security and we, you know, this is the principles we want to stand by. It's like, it takes collective action. It takes, and this is why it's so difficult in all walks of life to, you know, stick with it is because yeah. it's, it's painful because it yeah. takes collective action and it takes a lot of people coming together and sticking it out. Mm. And they just haven't been able to do that you for know, various reasons. You know, I'm hoping because I do believe that Bon Matty will win the Ballon d'Or for the winnings. Um, Maybe, maybe that might be the stage for her to say something. Fingers crossed. I do hope she does something. And even if she does, let's remember this. Sorry to keep bringing it back, but mm. even if she does do it, let's remember that these there are thousands, there are tens of thousands of male footballers who have platforms every single day, mm. bigger than a women's Ballon d'Or platform, yes. every single day. Yeah. Every single day. Not just, and I'm just, I know I keep throwing this in, but there's executives. It always comes back to the ladies. To do there's, ex themselves. there's male executives at any mm. point that could change the conversation. Yeah. At any point. And they're literally sitting in their flats, in their condos, in their mansions, whatever, and they're choosing to do nothing. It's just like when R. Kelly was running riot in music oh, and people didn't God. speak yeah. for 20 years. And there was all these men that could have stepped in at any point and been like, R. Kelly is a wrong and yeah. like this and this protect me and, and no one did it for 20 years and it's the same and i know it frustrates me so much because not to get all personal but I, i've seen people go through these legal battles mm. with their organizations for years people who i know are still suing their organizations years after being sacked because they've had like you know sexist bosses and these legal things are taking like it's so draining yeah and these are some of the leading executives in their yeah. field yeah. it's because no one spoke for them ian that's exactly and and the woman is. had to like she got, went through that she had to solve it and it was yeah. and these men just sat and they took the money and they said nothing and it's it's enraging. And you know the thing like, is as well, yeah, Miss. Yeah, yeah. It's like someone like Bon Matty, even though I'm saying that in her greatest moment, like Leah Williamson's greatest moment, they're asking for something. Yeah, they're asking in your greatest, for something. Yeah, yeah, in your greatest moment, you're asking for something. Please, can you help? And the thing is, Miss, you're you're, you're right with the with the men, and that's where. With the, with the powerful men who can make yeah. a change, like I said, Moose, they just they just do. Imagine not care you're going enough. to receive you're going to receive your golden boot, and you're walking up to the podium. Oh, Ian, by the way, um, uh, while you have a moment, uh, could you go here and just clean all the mud off the boots in the actual boot room before you get your award? It's the same level in front of the world. In front of the world, and yeah. just I just I know I keep finding, but just watching, I didn't really sunk in flow. Watching those footballers, the women's footballers, walk through that airport with all the cameras up their noses. Mm. And that was like almost like what's that scene in Game of Thrones where they're walking down the street and they're going, shame, shame. Mm -hmm. It was basically like it was shaming, wasn't it? It was like, you think you can humiliate us. We're gonna we're gonna drag you back to the camp and walk in front of everyone and answer all these questions. Uh -huh. And Vilda is sitting there smirking, going, ha. It's revenge, isn't it? It's abuse. It it's emotional like it. abuse. In its yeah. own way, it's just as abusive yes, it in its own way yeah. as what came before is what led to this. Especially if any of one of them are uncomfortable, then it is abuse. Yeah, and the reason we have to get keep angry and keep talking is because mm. they're counting on this.
Yeah. They're counting on it going quiet, Flo. They're counting on people to continue to not do off. anything. They're counting on us turning off and going, oh, no, but actually, I think, and this won't be every episode we talk about this, but absolutely I think every not. now and again, We've we just have to kind not. of just, absolutely right. people have to hear the rage about it and that it's not going away. Mm. Okay, well, thanks for that, Flo. Um, well said as well, Musa. Um, it's, it's time to go, ladies and gents. So um, on that note, I'll say goodbye and would you like to exit the house? at your earliest convenience. <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week um, after hopefully a great weekend of football for Arsenal and Tottenham and the rest of the league because let's face it, it's not just about the North London derby but deep down, yes it is. <laughs> we'll see you after the weekend. <laughs> Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>